0: Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos Podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Gordon. Hey, Gordon. People often ask for a recommendation for the best one lens to walk around with. The one lens to rule them all. My precious. (laughs) What works for me may not work for others. It's a tough question to answer without saying it depends.
1: Well... I agree, but it does depend. I could not answer, if anybody asked me that, I couldn't answer that question without first first asking what they might be inclined to photograph while they were so-called walking around. We are all moved by different things and we see different things and what excites the juices in one person will not will go completely unnoticed by someone else. A group of us went out the other day and we walked the same streets and we came back and we put our images up and we all had something completely different in the same 100 meter stretch of street.
0: Yeah, I, I that's my own experience. What you'll be inclined to image is gonna drive the best option in a lens for you, but that's not necessarily gonna be the same for somebody else. So if someone were to say that to you, what would your first question be?
1: Um, As I said, uh, what uh, does that person most often photograph? Someone drawn to photographing flowers is going to benefit from a lens that's different from someone who likes to photograph birds or buildings or fast-moving people on bicycles.
0: So... I've asked, that, I've asked that similar question, and I get this answer, well, everything. So what do you do when someone answers your question, which is reasonable, is, oh, I want to photograph everything.
1: Well, I tell them that there is no one lens uh, that will do that, and ask them to be more specific about what they like to photograph, and maybe ask them to share some of their favorite images. As a picture would give me a better idea of what their inclinations are. Is there a question that you always ask for well, somebody? And you've got enough people that ask you this question.
0: Well, in fact, I ask the same question. What do you like to photograph? And if we can actually get an answer to that, I would then take that to the, my second question, which is the one I think about first. It's, when and where the person is going to be making the photographs. Because I'm always thinking about how much light will be available. And a walk-around lens often implies that this is a casual endeavor of not going out with the intent to be the photographer. I just want to have the camera with me in case I see something that's interesting. And that usually means there's not going to be a flash involved.
1: Well, that makes sense. But most articles that and writers they immediately gravitate towards a wide-range zoom lens as a walk-around lens. But more generally, I question what reach they intend to get. And after they've given me an answer, I apply a Socratic principle, and I start asking questions that tears the whole thing all of the idea apart. And uh, we'll try to narrow them down as to what they want. Uh, Most will draw on their photography experience, but they don't really think about what sort of things you're going to pick up as you're traveling or walking around. And something that uh, they're going to just look at casually and decide whether they want to photograph it or not.
0: Well, I think that that's very true. It is, I think in context, a casual endeavor rather than a designed or designated photographic effort Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, as a walk-around. Now, for myself, if I'm not particularly concerned about low light and if I can handle the weight, my walk-around lens is a 28-300 to on one of my cameras and they happen to be full frame because that's what I own. For me, that combination is perfect but i have to take into account that that lens itself weighs over three pounds and subtle it isn't it's big and it's white and so not going to fall under small or subtle as descriptors and when i pick it up everybody's going to notice that i'm making photographs
1: yes but they are smaller and lighter, lightweight lenses, even even in the full frame sector, in the effective range that we are looking for.
0: Well, yeah, and in fact, you had one. I had uh, one. I, I believe a 28 to 300, same 28 focal to length, 300. But it was yeah. from Nikon, right? Yep. Yeah. that was a much smaller lens. I happen to own Canon cameras, and the lens I own is Canon's L series 28 to 3. It's incredible. It's super sharp. It works a charm, but it's not small, nor is it lightweight. From my perspective, the benefit of that lens is that I've got an incredible range of angle of views in one package. And so if I'm going on a walk, or even if I'm going out to do some other work, and I want to take a camera with me, so when I did the road trip to Nevada and California as part of that, that british t or scottish tv show project i took a camera body at 28 to 300 at 12 to 24 and because it's me i took a flash and it all worked out really well i didn't have a whole lot of gear but then you start to think about oh yeah but then there's the tripod and the platypod and the laptop wait i guess
1: well, no, you, uh, that's all very well, but uh, somehow what you just described doesn't sound to me like just a, a slight walking around. Now, you just mentioned that uh, Nikon has a small and a lightweight 28-300. to 300. Uh, Tamron has a similar lens. And when I was shooting full frame, that lens worked, it fit in a small bag. It carried You knew you had it, but it wasn't unmanageable. And it was great for pretty much everything. So in that context,
0: a zoom with a large range of angle of views could do the job. Yep. But you've moved to micro four thirds. So what do you do now?
1: Ah, well, the micro four thirds pretty much changes this discussion completely. Uh, The definition of heavy changes. The definition of light pretty much vanishes. And the distinction between pro and non-pro widens the range of choices uh, incredibly. For my camera, which is an Olympus, and i don't know if all the micro four thirds have the same range of lenses
0: same mount so yeah they have the same
1: changing. mount and i guess you could use the same ones but the one that i carry around a, a lot is the 40 to 150 f2.8 which is translates into an 80 to 300 basically and it's a, it's a mind boggling sharp lens You can shoot from a distance, you can have a small subject and you can blow it up to all kinds of sizes where, and still retain all the sharpness with no pixelation. It's quite amazing. But downside is you're starting at 80 millimeters. And if you want to shoot something that requires a wider angle, you either have to change your shooting style, shooting angle or get another lens. So, you could in the Olympus line or the Fourth line, uh, they have a 12 to 100 f4 Pro lens. It's small, it's lighter, it's stack sharp, and even though you lack the lower end range, with just a little bit of foresight and preparation that the f4 is not a limitation and in fact i th- i would suggest that if you are shooting something out in the street walk about the chances of you shooting the lens wide open are fairly slim so f4 works really well for that and on top of all of this they have recently come out with a 12 to 45 f4 also a pro lens which when they told me it didn't weigh much i didn't believe it but i did order one for not entirely clear reasons and it is truly mind-boggling In you you can walk around with a 20 megapixel camera and not actually know that you have it on.
0: that sounds awesome i have to say that in my case, the 28-300 to 300 is absolutely super, but until the light level fails. Right. Because, of course, it winds down to 5.6 at 300. When it comes to low light, if the level of light becomes the gating factor, I tend to go in a completely different direction.
1: How so? Uh, I know people uh, like a, a shorter zoom lens uh, with, a, with an f2.8 maximum aperture. I'm not familiar with all their lenses but uh, from talking to them they don't go with a long f- f- focal length maybe two more stops uh, light uh, easier to handheld and they frequently mention 24-70 28 to 85 and similar equivalents Even a step up from the narrow, uh, from the slow to 18 to 55 kit lens can give you a much bigger uh, advantage to cover a decent range of uh, focal focal lengths. But since they are shooting 5.6 most of the time.
0: I hear you, but I've never embraced that 24 to 70 range. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely me. I know people love them. For me, it's neither wide enough nor long enough. So I've I've shot a lot of them, you know, through evaluations, I'll get a camera with a 24 to 70 or Mm -hmm. equivalent range. And I always feel like it's not enough. So I've taken a different approach when the amount of available light is the driver and flash is not going to be possible or practical. I forgo flexibility and focal length for, in favor of lens speed and to give myself the ability to, sh- to get decent depth of field without futzing around. And I ended up going with just a 35mm prime, but an f1.4.
1: Well, I've heard you talk about that a lot. Uh, but it always struck me when I heard you say stuff about this, this particular lens. Uh, that's only got a single angle of view. And it's not what most people would think about as a walking around lens.
0: That's absolutely true. Most people here walking around, they think Zoom. But in the context that I'm thinking about and where I use it, I actually find the constraint, the limited angle of view, not limited physically, just limiting in that I have to move if I want a different view of stuff, I find that empowering. It causes me to think more and to see better. Now, photography is not the reason to be going out. I do want something that's light and not bulky and not... Hey, look at the big dude with the camera. Mm-hmm. I had an early Lumix Micro Four Thirds, but I made the mistake of selling it, and it was perfect for that because it was nice and small, had a really nice little quick little lens. But where I am today, in the keeping the same size range, I'm using a manual focus rangefinder camera with that thirty-five one-four. It's small, it's unobtrusive, it's quick to use. I know some people don't like the idea of manual focus, but It's a wide-angle lens with amazing depth of field. I can Mm -hmm. actually set it for decent light and never have to focus at all using hyperfocal distance. It's quick to use. It still has a full-frame sensor. And it's not, I'm saying full-frame is better, but I tend to like to make big prints. And so, hey, if I can get that big sensor in a small body, then that's not a bad thing. I have to work differently, though, because it's a single angle of view. And I make different decisions. And sometimes, not always, but sometimes I'm really pleasantly surprised because I come back with different types of images. That small size and negligible weight are bonuses to me. If you're walking around where photography is not the reason for your going out, I think that's a benefit. Small and obtrusive, quick to use. Yeah, I lose some flexibility, but it Maybe it's opening my eyes to something else.
1: Now, how do you approach this type of scenario? I've gone through phases, but whenever I, I hear you talking about this lens, I'm struck by didn't and Henri Cartier Bresson didn't isn't that the lens and camera that he worked with? Well,
0: Cartier Bresson worked with a a Leica with a 50. All the time. Okay, uh, so it wasn't
1: a. Thir- it wasn't thirty-five. It was no, but you are,
0: you are right that um, the photographer whose work inspired me to be a photographer, Alfred Eisenstadt, shot for like fifty years with a thirty-five. Okay, and that was the only lens he ever used. Right. It's more work, but you can't
1: challenge the the emotion
0: and the power of his
1: images. Right. So I can I can relate to all of that because. Before I went on vacation some years ago I was still shooting full frame and somebody suggested to me that I get my hands on a Nikon 20 millimeter pancake lens okay and um, I did some quick reading to find out how to best use this lens and for pretty much the entire trip that uh, lens became my go-to lens for practically everything i know a lot of people say well i don't have enough zoom i i want to, i i need to have some more when i said earlier that i i questioned them and i forced them to think about it i'm pretty certain that other than mm. Getting the person across the street who's sitting in front of the bank with a hat in front of him looking for handouts is about as far as you're going to get. And that can be achieved with pretty much any lens. And you don't need that great long thing. So I carried a 28-300 to 300 with me, but I almost never went to it. I got to use, I used the length, the 20 millimeter. I used it for the architecture. I used it for the palaces in Portugal. Uh, I used it for the inside of buildings. It, it was awesome. And you had to do things differently, but I basically I learned to set uh, the hyperfocal distance. You focused it at that. You set a F-stop of F8 put some tape on the lens, and you never thought about it again until you came back to Canada, because then you had to change the tape.
0: So that's very much the classic, you know, old Life magazine, F8 and B
1: there. Exactly. And for street photography, because that's what your walk-around photography is predominantly, uh, yeah, it's It's great.
0: You're not shooting eagles in the nest when you're just walking around.
1: No. You you might like to think that you're going to, but no, you're not.
0: Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Do you find that using only one lens does encourage you to see and shoot differently? I think you said you did. I just want to be clear.
1: Yes, you 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 do. You know that you can't pull out this armamentarium of, of lenses and stuff to do it. So you learn to evaluate the scene differently. You learn to start looking for points of interest. Uh, You learn to get close to things. And if you have to shoot with just one lens, you force yourself to see things that you otherwise may not.
0: So in the end, you say that it's a purposeful decision.
1: Yes. It is, you can't, can't just say, well, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to carry all these lenses or I'm going to carry this one lens that's going to do everything because it isn't. And you have to evaluate what you're going to be shooting. You're going to be uh, determine how important it is for you to be able to get close or even medium focal length range. Uh, are you going to be going into... Uh, dimly lit restaurants or entertainment centers and expect to shoot there are you going to have a wide range of things cover architecture and uh, street performers and so once you have that sort of spelt out in your mind then you can start saying okay if I need to accomplish this I will need something with a focal length of this much, and here's a lens that will give me that focal length, that focal length, and the last focal length, and you have the lens you're looking for, which probably won't be the lens that I am looking for. Yep, I think that's pretty much all I've got to say on this. So for everybody who decided to tune in today, thanks for listening. I'm Gordon.
0: And I am Ross. Thanks Everyone, for listening to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, we'll speak to you again, anon.
1: Anonymously? (laughs) No, just anon. Oh, just anon. Okay, sorry.